0: Hello and welcome to season three of the PAL with Tani G. Let's talk how to incorporate a Mishnah per podcast of Pirke Avos with sagely commentary and practical lessons and practical advice woven in. This time we're going to be using the Yad Avraham from the Art Scroll series and we're going to be trying to do one Mishnah per podcast and we're going to not talk about every single aspect of the Mishnah but try to find the best things to help us lead a more moral, ethical and fulfilling, uplifting life. So today we begin with the introduction, we begin with the beginning of the Pirke Avos And here we're going to talk about a little bit of the introduction, a little bit of the introductory Mishnah. Again, all episodes from Season 2 and Season 1 are available on www.anchor.fm slash T-A-N-I-G. The first chapter of Avos and the second chapter to a smaller extent traces the chain of Torah transmission through the generations and cites the maxims, the sayings of various sages who formed the links in the chain. The commentator suggests various reasons why the Tana does this. Rav explains that one might think that the Tractate Avos, which is a collection of moral and ethical teachings of our sayings, God forbid, didn't come from the the word and the mouth of God himself, of course, it did, but the ethical and moral teachings of even the greatest of the non-Jewish scholars are the product of human intellect, God forbid, is what people would think, which is by its nature imperfect. Avos, on the other hand, is a product of divine intelligence, which by definition is infallible. Tepheros Yisrael also expands on this and says that perfection also requires refinement of character. Clearly, the Torah that we were given must contain instructions for refining our character, uplifting our morals, and up Lifting our ethical character, which are the funda- fun- fundamental, excuse me, foundations of Tractate avos. Me'iri also explains that there is an unfortunate tendency among people to minimize the importance of moral and ethical teachings. Unfortunately, that happens a lot. So we try here on the show to do a Mishnah per day and see how we can enlighten and enliven our lives in a simple, practical way using the powerful and wonderful words of the timeless teachings of the sages. And the leaders of their respective generations were people who dominate Perke Avos and they could demonstrate that they were well qualified Qualified to expound these maxims to the nation so their teachings should be heeded. Medrash Shmuel also explains that the maxims of Avos are intended to bring one to fear of heaven. Fear of heaven is an absolute prerequisite to Torah scholarship as the Mishnah states, anyone whose fear of sin takes precedence over his wisdom, his wisdom will endure. But anyone whose wisdom takes precedence over his fear of sin, his wisdom will not endure. So let's look at the beginning of Pirkei Avos and see, what we can glean Mishnah by Mishnah Blinader. We know that it starts out all of Israel has a share in the world to come. Shenemar as it says My nation are all righteous, the Olam Yirshu arts they will forever inherit the land I, the branch of my planting Masa die the works of my hand the Hispa in order to be glorious and great. That's the opening maxim, the opening words of every parak and the first mishnah in the first parak of Pirkei Avos begins Moshe Kibal Torah Misinai. Moshe received the Torah from Sinai Umasara Leoshua and transmitted to Joshua, his prime disciple, yoshua Zekanim, Joshua to the elders of Zekanim Lenavim, and the elders to the prophets, masarua laanche Kenza Sagadola, and the prophets gave it over to the men of the great assembly, and they said. Three things. They said three things. Heavy, masunim, but be deliberate in judgment. The Talmidim Harbe developed many students' vassusiag la Torah and make a fence around the Torah. Obviously, we can't mention every single thing in the Yadavrahim. We're going to highlight a few things. We have a lot of things here to tell you, but in the interest of trying to keep it at that 10 minute maximum, we'll see what we can say. So, from the time of Moshe until the time of the Anchekinesis Gedola, who were Active at the beginning of the second temple era was 960 years. The, re- the reason the Mishnah provides this outline of Mesorah discussed, as we said before. The Mishnah cites the sayings of the men of the great assembly, the Mesorah generation by generation after the time of the men of great assembly, and then it goes on to expound it by leaders of those generations. So Moshe received the Torah from he who revealed himself at Mount Sinai, that is from God. Moshe's outstanding humility as scripture describes him as exceedingly humble more than any person on the The face of the earth made him the most suitable candidate to receive the Torah. So what we can learn from Moshe, the greatest thing he was ever called was Ever Hashem. Even though he did a million things for the Jewish people, that was the best thing he could be. The best thing he wanted to write because he was so humble, and we too should be that humble. We should try to at least emulate some aspect of being that humble. Torah refers to both Torah shebichtav, the written Torah, and Torah Shabal peh, the oral Torah, that elucidates the written Torah. At Sinai, Moshe received the entire written Torah, including the five books of Moses and the five books of, and the excuse me, and the books of the Nevi and prophets and Kasuvim writings and the oral Torah, which includes the Mishnah, the collection of the detailed laws of the Torah, and the Gemara, which Consists of analyzing the Mishnah through which actual halacha is derived. Transmitted to Joshua, Moshe transmitted the Torah to his disciple Joshua, who succeeded him as the leader of the Jewish nation. Here, the Mishnah refers only to the oral Torah. Rabbach explains there was no need for Moshe to transmit the written Torah to Joshua because Moshe had already written it down so Joshua could study it himself. In each generation, there is a leader who stands at the head of the nation with the responsibility for ensuring that the people follow the Torah's precepts and who is empowered to enact protective legislation when necessary to accomplish this purpose. This individual is called the Bala Masorah, the bearer of the tradition. When the Mishnah says that Moshe transmitted the Torah to Joshua, it means that Moshe appointed him to fill this role. And that comes from Rav Shemtov, Ibn Shem Tov, cited by Medjah Shmuel. We skip over to say that the term transmit connotes the conveying of a body of knowledge in its entirety from one person to another. The term receive, on the other hand, connotes merely one's absorbing of the knowledge to the extent that he is capable of absorbing it. Obviously no man can really know everything, but look at the term. While it's said that Moshe received Torah from God, it cannot be said that the Torah was transmitted to him. The term Transmit, however, does accurately describe Moshe's teaching of the Torah to Joshua, to Yoshua for he conveyed to Joshua all the knowledge he received from God, but obviously he couldn't absorb everything that Hashem Kaviyachah knows. Joshua transmitted the Torah to the elders as it was transmitted to him by Moshe. These elders served as officers of Joshua's bedstown during his lifetime in charge of enforcing his decisions and regulations. They outlived Joshua's. Joshua, and after his death, succeeded him as leaders of the nation, as the as a verse in Judges itself says. We're going to skip over and say how the elders gave it to the prophets. The last of the elders, Shimshon, transmitted the Messorah to the first of the prophets, Eli HaKohen, who in turn transmitted it to his disciple Shmuel. And Shmuel in turn transmitted the Messorah to the next generation of prophets who transmitted it further until the end of the era of prophecy at the beginning of the second temple era. If that was confusing, just rewind and listen again. We're going to move over and say the men of the great assembly were a group of 120 sages who comprised the Sanhedrin at the beginning of the Temple era. When the nation returned from Babylonian exile, it consisted of Ezra, who succeeded his colleagues including Chagai, Zechariah, and Malachi, as well as Zerubbabel, shariah Reliah, Mordechai, Bilsham, the famous Mordechai from the book of Esther, and Nehemiah and his colleagues and others, and others were also Hanani, Mishal, Azariah, and Daniel. Some others were prophets themselves. They are known as the men of the great assembly because they were great achievers they were able to restore the crown of God's glory to its original luster and cause God's name to be glorified in the world we're going to jump over and talk about the three things for a minute or so the missioner refers to the three things they said that are critical for the continued survival of the Torah deliberate in judgment this is talking to judges when presented with a court case or question or lacha, do not judge the case or resolve the question hastily hastily. Judge it from all angles and analyze it in depth before rendering a decision and before you come to your verdict. Only when people have confidence in the judges and rabbis that they take the time to arrive at the correct decisions will they go to them to resolve their disputes. Develop many students. The surest way to ensure the survival of the Torah is to teach it to many students. The more students a person has, the more Torah knowledge is spread in the world, making the Torah less likely to be forgotten. God forbid that comes from the era And make offense around the Torah. The mission refers to rabbinic enactments designed to prevent transgression of biblical prohibitions, God forbid. Just just like a fence protects a field from trespassers, so such enactments protect Torah law from being violated. And including the mission's exhortations to make a fence around the Torah is a directive to judicial courts to impose in certain extraordinary circumstances corporal and even capital punishments in situations where such punishment is not mandated by the Torah law. And preventive enactments such as these, are key to the survival of the Torah. For once, a person transgresses a Torah law, even if only inadvertently begins to minimize its significance. Eventually, you forget that such activity is forbidden at all, God forbid. Join us next time as we talk Mishnah number two in chapter one, here on the PAL with Tani G, and I'm your host, Tani G.